Are you ready to go the distance? When you're nearing retirement, it's essential that you have a written plan and know exactly how the plan will work. Life's about choosing where you want to go and mapping out a financial plan to get you there. The one thing you need is a plan. So what's the plan? Plan? I know plan! An experienced financial advisor can help you avoid potential hazards and find alternative routes. We pride ourselves in being different from other financial planning firms. During your initial consultation, we will get to know you and give you the chance to get to know us. Our friendly staff will make you feel comfortable the moment you walk in the door. Call Mark Eels at EFS Wealth Management, 712-224-4651, 712-224-4651, or log on to EFS4U.com, EFS, the number 4U.com. This is Mark from Mark on Money, and today we're going to talk about what to do when faced with the loss of a spouse, as there's many decisions that have to be made, and wrong ones can be costly. And now, live from the heart of Sioux City, Mark on Money, with your host, Mark Gills. The key is having a plan in place, knowing what you're going to do, a place where your retirement questions are answered. You could be putting tens of thousands in jeopardy. You'll get the latest news on 401ks and retirement planning. It can make a profound difference with what you can and can't afford in retirement. If you've got questions on how to properly structure your assets and build retirement income, you're in the right place. Welcome in to Mark on Money. Hey, welcome in, everybody. This is Mark on Money with Mark Eels. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Mark is a fiduciary, uh, independent, with more than 30 years helping folks get to and through retirement. You'll find him at EFS Wealth Management. That website is EFS, the number for the letter U.com. Hey, Mark, what's going on? Not too much. You know, just, uh, you know, we're going to talk about uh, what happens when, you know, one spouse passes away as, you know, I've been through this many times in my career. And so we're going to talk about um, what decisions need to be made. Okay. Because it's a tough, tough time. Well, it is. Uh, and I'm guessing, I'm guessing it never gets easier, does it? No, no. You know, most of the time it's, you know, people have been together for a long, long time um, and you lose your friend, your companion, you know, person that you talk to that you see all day. And uh, yeah, I mean, things look pretty gloomy. Well, yeah, well, and aside from the emotional standpoint, uh, or the emotional side of things, I mean, there are a lot of other things that get put in motion having to do with money. And as hard as it is, that's where you come in and can really help make that transition, make that to make things a lot easier. Yeah, it's overwhelming, you know, after you know, the final arrangements are made and all those things. Um, and, and usually all family is around and friends and everything, but then everyone leaves. Most of the time, you know, what happens is we are one of the first people that get a phone call from mm -hmm. one of our clients saying, you know, that John or Sue, she's, you know, he or she passed away. Um, is there anything that just want to let you know, what do we need to do? And my response is usually this says, you know, just take care of being with your family. You know, the first thing, we, we, we really don't need to do anything at all right now. 
um, let's talk, you know, let's figure on getting together in a week after things kind of settle down. And one of the first things that really, you know, I mentioned to people is we're going to need a, a copy of the death certificate normally before you can do anything um, to file claims, to um, notify insurance companies or those types of things. So, and usually that's that's about a week later before you even get that piece of paper. Sure, and and right now, I mean, this time of year we're talking about taxes. We've we've done that in the past, but that's something else that changes radically when you when two becomes one. Yes, and you know one of the things that I counsel people on, and one of the most common mistakes that I see. And, and it's actually counterintuitive is, you know, usually when people come in to see me, maybe I don't see them right away and they come into the office and they're like, yeah, we already went, talked to the attorney, et cetera, et cetera. And my first response is, oh, you did? Because my first um, thing that I usually counsel people on is talk to us first before you talk to anyone. Um, do not talk to the attorney. Do not talk to the accountant. Come and see us so that we can give you direction and counsel and coach you on what to say. Because it's very important to know what you don't know. And that's what our job is, is to share with you what you don't know. And that's what I'm hoping to do today. Okay, so let's dig in. What, uh, what's, what do we do? So we call you, and you know we've been working with you obviously for years and uh, now you know life happens and what do we do well so you come in to see me and i and i and you know a lot of times yes you're going to need some legal advice you're going to need some legal help whether it's changing the deed on the property you know or filing probate or getting an executor appointment or maybe you know getting um a you know subsequent trust tax id number and trust administration and those types of things done but meeting with an attorney can be very costly, and also when you engage with an attorney, you're going to sign something that says, here's how I'm going to compensate you. And normally what I counsel people is you never want to pay a percentage of anything when you're dealing with an attorney. You want to pay them by the hour. Most of the time that is the way attorneys um, work, but a lot of times... I see that not being the case. Or I shouldn't say a lot of times. I said sometimes I see that not being the case. And it's unfortunate when a person comes in after the fact and they've already appointed the attorney and says, well, you know, what the attorney say? Well, the attorney says they'll take care of everything. And I signed a form giving them the authority to do that. And I said, well, did you ask them what they're going to charge you? And a lot of times they, they don't even ask or the attorney says, well, it'll just be or the normal the normal rate is a percentage of the estate and and that's not the normal rate you know the normal rate is you charge by the hour mm-hmm. um you know example, so that's a red flag if you're having that conversation yeah example would be had a had a uh had a client whose um you know spouse passed away and you know the attorney that he used for years and years and you know, it was a fairly large estate, you know, a couple million dollars. The attorney really didn't do much of anything because most everything was jointly held um, or was, uh, you know, had beneficiaries listed and the spouse was the beneficiary. 
um, the attorney ended up sending him a bill for um, thousands of dollars because the attorney says, well, we add up what all the inventory of the estate is and we charge a percentage of the estate. And, and uh, you know. That just doesn't seem right to me. No, because, and, and it was it was over $10,000. Oh and gosh. the attorney probably was, was, you know, should have been maybe billed for maybe one or $2,000. So he paid probably you know, five to ten times more than what was supposed to have been billed, you know. So it's 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 well, not that complicated normally when a spouse passes away. Um, and if you've set up your estate properly, it's not that complicated either when mom or dad passes away and is passing money on to the kids. You just have to be educated, and that's what we try to do with people is educate them on you know what type of help they need and what what should they be being charged um, and then who should they work with is their current attorney who handled all their business affairs really the attorney you want to go to to deal with trust or deal with estate issues um, and the answer is usually no you want to go to an attorney who that is what they do they are a estate planning attorney, not a family law attorney or not a business law attorney or not a litigation attorney. Um, you know, they can all do the same things, but you want to have somebody that does it over and over and knows exactly what to do and is efficient at it. Well, how, that's to me, this just drives the point home how important that estate plan is and having that in place before something happens. Right. And it's and it's always important to know that most things that you need to do do not need to be done expeditiously. They can take some time, they can take some thought, and you can do things correctly. You know, so one of the things that we, we want to go through is, is, yes, talk to us first. We'll give you direction. Um, we'll educate you on who you need to talk to. But we're also going to go through things that you need to be aware of because a lot of people, they're just not aware of these things. I mean, you're going to go through it one time in your life, hopefully. Right. You know, or maybe hopefully not at all. But you need to know these things. Number one is ignoring tax implications. So there are tax implications that, that occur. And you need to be aware that, number one, your tax filing status is most likely going to change after a spouse passes away. And so you go from a joint tax filer to a single tax filer, and that normally is going to probably put you in a different tax bracket if you try to continue to receive the same amount of income as what you were earning before. And so there are some things that you need to look at. Maybe in the year where that individual passes away, so let's say they died in January, February, or March, or, you know, mm -hmm. Not December 31, but they died with some time where you can do some tax planning. You need to look at, well, maybe I need to do a Roth conversion with some of this money. Maybe I need to take a large distribution um, of you know X amount of dollars this year because next year I'm going to be in a much lower income tax bracket. So you've got to take a look at that, and that can literally save you thousands of dollars in the future by looking at that tax planning as far as it relates to 
what income tax bracket you're going to be in the future. Okay. And uh, so, all right, so tax implications. Then Social Security's got to come into play here, too, because yeah, it, it goes from happens, one check to what two to, yeah. two to one. Well, maybe it doesn't go from anything because you're not getting Social Security yet. So, you know, that's also something to look at. But normally, if you are both receiving Social Security income, you've already both filed, the survivor will step up to the highest Social Security benefit and will lose their check. So you're going to lose, you know, you know, say one person was getting $2,300 a month and the other one was getting $1,700 a month. You know, the $2,300 a month one passed away, you're going to lose the $1,700 a month check and, and you're going to get the $2,300 a month check. And yours will go away. But there's also, you know, the the planning that goes into effect. Well, what if only one person was drawing Social Security and the other person has not filed for Ooh. Social Security yet? What happens? That's where the complicated planning portion may come in because you want to make sure that now you maximize the widower's benefit or the widow's benefit uh, for Social Security because it depends upon what Social Security you should claim. If you are under, um, you know, your claiming status, I mean, I guess I just said that you haven't claimed yet, you know, you can elect to take the widower's benefit and delay your own Social Security benefit uh, sometimes for many years and sometimes up to a decade because you can file and claim widower's benefits for Social Security as early as age 60 if you're younger than that when the person passed away and you've been married for more than 10 years. And so the planning strategy we use a lot of times in that instance is you file for the widow's or widower's benefit at age 60 and you delay your benefit until full retirement age at age 70 thus getting the highest benefit that you have been able to delay your benefit to. Um, but again, it all depends upon, well, how much is the widower's benefit? How much is your benefit? Are you going to continue to work? Um, because obviously you can't claim a widow or widower's benefit and continue to work and earn a great deal of money because there is the earnings test if you are under um, full retirement age, and you claim a widow or widower's benefit. Okay, so what does that mean? Well, it's just complicated, Steve. Okay, so, all right. We yeah, don't need to just, go down that path then. You just need to know, you, you need to be aware of, of what's the best strategy that there is in, in claiming Social Security uh, if one of you has passed away. All right. Um, sometimes there is. Other times it's just simply you just get the higher benefit, and, and there's nothing else that you can do. So let's talk about uh, our, our 401ks, IRAs, uh, tax-deferred accounts. What happens to them, and how do we address that? Well, you know, if it, it, I've seen this happen before where um, the spouse passes away and the surviving spouse has not reached age 59 and a half yet. And I've, I've actually had a widow come into my office, and their person that they were working with um, rolled their survivor's 401k plan into an IRA into her name. She was only 54 years old. Well, that was the wrong thing to do. The widow now, if she needed to take withdrawals from the, that IRA that she inherited or that 401k that she rolled into her IRA, now is subject to the IRS 
early withdrawal penalty. And the proper thing to do would have been, because she did need extra income, she did need access to that money, was to roll it into a beneficiary IRA in her name. And by doing that, then she would be able to access those funds without an IRS 10% penalty. Oh, wow. Man, it's, know, or, it's all about what you know, isn't it? Yeah, or maybe it wasn't rolling the entire 401k, just enough into a beneficiary IRA to give her the liquidity so that she could draw out that money prior to age 59 and a half without a 10% penalty. Okay. So it was it, it was just, you know, knowing those things that, you know, sometimes the simplest thing isn't always the best, but sometimes the simplest thing is, but not in all cases. So there you go. So there you go. And yep. so as we look at this, um, what about RMDs? I mean, that that still is a factor, isn't it? For people who are, you know, of, of RMD the required age, minimum yes. distribution age, yes, uh, they will have to take required minimum distributions. Um, the The law says that you need to withdraw the deceased person's required minimum distribution by April 1st of the year following the year of death if they had not taken it yet in that current year. So if a person passes away and they are taking required minimum distributions, you need to be aware that you may have to take that distribution yet for that individual uh, before you roll that money into your name. So it's just something, again, um, being aware that there are some things that you have to make sure you dot your I's and you cross your T's. Um, one of the things that, that we see uh, people have a hard time grasping is when the individual had a trust and the surviving spouse is the successor trustee, but the trust changes at death. It becomes an irrevocable trust if the trust was in that individual's name. Uh, even if it was a revocable trust, they think, well, we can still change it. Well, no, it becomes something different. And you, there's some things that you need to have the attorney involved in or the CPA involved in in that case, because now you're looking at having to s establish a trust with a different tax ID number after that individual passes away. That sounds complicated. So, again, <laughs> Mark, you know, all these tax issues oh, are yeah. things that you need to be aware of. You need to get counsel on, and they vary um, for each individual. And, you know, sometimes there are things that you just have to do. And, again, it's something that what I, what I share with people is I see people think that, well, we don't want to pay for – uh, advice. We'll do this work ourselves. And by doing the work themselves, it's like, well, we're going to learn as we go. And I, you know, I don't know about you, but if you've ever tried to do something that is very complicated, that, that you're only going to do once in life, and you're going to spend an inordinate, an inordinate amount of time doing it, um, there are going to be things that you learn by mistake. And those mistakes are going to be costly. Sure. They're going to cost you money. Well, and again, those are the um, kinds of things we want to avoid, obviously. But again, stresses the importance of having an estate plan, working with the right advisor, independent fiduciary like you, who who is, you know, you, you've got the vision, you've got the knowledge to help us through these uh, very difficult times. Yep. And this is one thing that I think is important. It's one thing that, that um, I will never do in my practice is I will never work with only one spouse. 
Um, and the reason is, is because um, the other spouse might have to end up working with me eventually. And here's, here's what I tell a couple. I, 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 won't hold, I won't hold meetings with one of the spouses until the other spouse has been there for several times. You know, you have, you know, relationships where one person handles all the finances, right? Yes. A lot of times. Yes, sure. You know, one person is good at that. The other person doesn't want to have anything to deal with it. And, you know, I tell a couple that's fine. I said, but when you decide that you want to work with a financial advisor, both couples have to agree that they like the person. So, you know, if you have a husband and wife sitting there and the husband has, you know, most of the acumen when it comes to dealing with all the finances and the investing and all those things and, um, you know, understands it all and the spouse really doesn't want to have anything to do with it, my comment is, is if you don't like the advisor, in other words, I'm sitting there with husband and wife, you don't, if you don't like me, then you shouldn't work with me because if he dies, you're the one that's going to have to end up being comfortable with coming in here and working with me. And if you don't like the advisor, you know, you need to find one that both of you agree on that both of you can work with. That's the key thing. Sure. Because you, know, you want to be comfortable with the advisor. Even if you aren't going to attend every single meeting, you need to know who he is. You need to have that relationship with him because if that individual passes away, you're going to spend, be spending a, a quite a bit of time with that person. Absolutely. Uh, folks, if you'd like to learn a little bit more, have a, a conversation with Mark and his team, 712-224-4651, 712-224-4651, or the website. You can reach out to Mark directly right there, EFS4U.com. That's EFS, the number for the letter U.com. Mark, I mean, this is just great insight to have. Yeah, and then I'll leave, the, I'll leave you with this last tidbit of advice is it isn't always something that you need to do immediately after losing a loved one. The best course of action is usually to avoid making any big decisions, any big moves, uh, and you can take time and get some solid advice. Um, so, you know, I see it all the time where people think that things need to be done and they hastily um, make decisions and usually you know it's better to take some time because it's an emotional thing it's an emotional time and a lot of times people just want to get it over and get it done with and i understand that but you also want to do it the right way right right so that is the tidbit advice that i'll leave you with and uh, hopefully i've educated you a little bit on the things that you need to be looking for if you run into this happens to you or maybe it happens to someone you know close to you that you can give them some advice about this too. Securities offered through Securities America Inc. Member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through Securities America Advisors Inc. An SEC registered investment advisor. EFS Group and the Securities America companies are unaffiliated. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company. If you remember these TV shows, you're getting ready to retire. Whenever I see a big pair of feet or a cheesy mustache, I'll think of you. You got spunk. I hate spunk. 
I'm one guy who ain't prejudiced against anybody who uh, may be less superior than me. It kind of sneaks up on you, doesn't it? Oh, geez. You deserve a secure, independent retirement. A retirement that is prepared to handle pitfalls like inflation, health emergencies, stock market volatility, and taxation. You've worked hard for your money and will work just as hard to protect it and grow it. Retirement planning doesn't have to be difficult. Get the facts-based approach that you deserve, all at no cost, with no obligation. Call Mark Eels at EFS Wealth Management, 712-224-4651, 712-224-4651, or log on to EFS4U.com, EFS, the number 4U.com.